welcome in to another episode of the Back and Forth Podcast. I'm your host, Stat Matt, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Joey G. Let's dive into what should be an exciting back and forth. Uh, before we do that, let's make sure we hit some quick reminders. Make sure you do follow the show on Twitter, at BackForthPod, Instagram, at BackForthPodcast. And of course, while you're there, do make sure you give a follow to the official home for Back and Forth, that being the Talk That Talk Media Company on Twitter, at TTT Media Company. The rest of our socials are spelled out at Talk That Talk Media Company. And, I mean, we've, we've been off for a little bit. Uh, had some scheduling conflicts go on that uh, kind of got in our way last week, hence why we couldn't get you guys an episode. But back this week, nonetheless, with a Final Four edition of the Back and Forth podcast, we do have a Final Four set in the uh, men's NCAA tourney. And just as a sense of how this tournament's gone, there were six brackets in the entire country that had the final four right. That was it. And, of course, nobody had the entire bracket right, but a a perfect final four, only six of those brackets were accurate. So definitely going to be one to look into. We also got some NBA. NBA having the last handful of games being played over the next couple weeks. This is this is usually the time, Joey, where these teams start making a pretty big push to the playoffs. Some that are sitting on the bubble, some that are you know have playoff aspirations, and also this is when teams start tanking. Like teams that are starting to officially be eliminated from playoff contention, they start playing the ping pong game and trying to get as many ping pong balls as they can for the lottery. Um, so you're going to see over the next handful of weeks. The, the varying strategies by teams, depending on where they're, they're sitting in the standings. Um, you know, I, I know we get a lot of coach speak, and even from, from some of the players throughout the year, like, oh, they don't really pay too close attention to the standings. No, every game now they're going to be, you know, standing watching, scoreboard watching, whatever you want to say, um, because it's there's only probably – each team probably only has five or six games left to play right. in their season. So this is where – some guys are going to play longer minutes. This is where, you know, on the other side, if you're a team that's not in playoff contention, you're going to see teams start shutting players down. Um, good example of this was the Portland Trailblazers. They, I don't know if they've officially been eliminated from playoff contention, but the, if not, they are very close to it. Um, probably not going to be a playoff team and just recently shut down their franchise point guard in Damian Lillard for the rest of the season. So, I mean, I, the, I know the NBA doesn't like the word tanking, but there are going to be teams that you're going to notice are flat out tanking. And it's just the nature of where we're at in the season. Right. One team that's not tanking, that is, um, been trying to get in the plaster for a very long time, is the uh, the Sacramento Kings having a chance tonight to make history uh they win against Portland, they would clinch a playoff spot, which would be, or they would clinch a spot in the playoffs for the first time in nearly two decades. Um, and just a huge credit to Mike Brown. You know, you you come in year one to a situation and, and to a team that really hasn't had a whole lot of success at all uh, over the past two decades. In year one, you have them sitting in the third seed in the Western Conference and um, obviously a game away from clinching a playoff spot. And the whole, the whole culture in Sacramento has changed. The whole victory beam thing, like I love it. I love everything that's going down um, that, that they've been doing there. And 
you know, this is a team that also got a lot of crap last season for going out and trading Tyrese Alburn for uh, Sabonis. And, um, you know, granted, Tyrese Alburn is a fantastic player. The the trade has obviously worked out in their favor. They really needed a, a dominant uh, all-star big like that. They sent two players to the all-star game this year for the first time in nearly two decades as well. Um, you know, Darren Fox is kind of finally getting his flowers and love and the attention that he deserves. And, um, and, and, uh, the step up of the role players they have there, uh, Terrence Davis, Malik Monk, um, everyone kind of just knows their role. It, it is a about as perfect as a build team as you can as you can get. Um, I don't think they're going to win the NBA Finals, but f- with, from a talent standpoint, but it, in terms of everyone knowing where they need to be and what they need to do, they have that. Um, and I think uh, it's a little disrespectful towards them that you see teams kind of wanting to get that six seed so they get that first round matchup with them i don't i don't think the kings are a first round exit i think the kings are going to win that first round series especially if it's the lakers looking at right now if the playoffs started today it would be the warriors the three six matchup i think they're capable of beating golden state i'm not saying they're going to be golden state but they are more than capable being golden state like that is not i don't think you want to see sacramento in the first round they they can beat golden state they can beat the Clippers. They can beat Minnesota. They can beat New Orleans. They can beat the Lakers for sure. They can beat Oklahoma City. Could they beat the Suns? The Suns are relatively close to that. I don't think the Suns now. will drop to six, but the Suns is where I'll draw the line. I don't think they beat Phoenix. Um, but still, it's not going to be a cakewalk for Phoenix. Phoenix is not going to walk in there and just sweep Sacramento 4-0. Like, we're, if Sacramento loses, it's going to be a 6-7 game series. Like, This is not going to be the cakewalk series that everyone thinks Sacramento is a good basketball team. Um, the only reason they're not getting the attention they may or the respect in terms of wanting to play them in the first round or not wanting to play them in the first round is because they don't have many national televised games. And a lot of people are not. And with all due respect, Bleacher Report and ESPN are not showcasing how good the Kings have been all year long. I mean, they post the victory beam and they'll post a couple of clips, but Sacramento is a very good basketball team. You do not want to play them in the first round. Um, I think this is a team that makes the semi semifinal push and comes up short there in the second round. But um, I love what Sacramento's done this year, and uh, it's a little disrespectful that you're kind of seeing fan bases of teams wanting to go against them because this is a good Sacramento basketball team. And next season, we'll see what pieces they can add. But next season, I think you know this is only a stepping stone for them. Next season, this this Sacramento team, as crazy as it sounds, has a real chance to be a top two, top even potentially have the best record in the Western Conference. They're retaining a lot of these guys. You, it feels like they're legitimately, you say this with a lot of teams, that it really feels like this this offseason Sacramento is legitimately one piece away. Like, I don't know what that piece could be, whether it's another role player or adding a star to the mix, but it really feels like they're truly one piece away. And if they find that missing piece this offseason, this could be a really dangerous team next year. Regardless if they get it or not, I think it'll be a dangerous team. But to truly take that next step, um, they're capable of doing it. And they've, they've got some extra money laying around. And they have also uh, assets that, you know, f- in terms of role players and draft picks that a lot of teams would want. So we'll see. Uh, I love what I'm seeing from Sacramento. And this this is a team that can make a run for sure. Yeah, and you look at the Western Conference, I, I would go ahead and just say that Denver's probably the one seed unless they collapse really bad in these last handful of games. Memphis is probably going to be the two. S- Sacramento's probably the three. Like, I have a hard time imagining them. Uh, I don't think there's enough games for them to catch Memphis at the two, and they have a five-game gap to Phoenix at the uh, at the four spot. So it looks like Sacramento is going to be 
a host, if you will, of the first round series that they have. They're going to have home court advantage, whether that would be, and this is kind of where we get to the interesting part of the Western Conference standings from Phoenix down to Dallas at 11. There is a three and a half game gap between those two teams. That's how much of a log jam the bottom half of the Western Conference is. And you've got teams like Golden State that's sitting at six, a team that is just coming off of a NBA championship last year. They're hovering around the play-in spot. Minnesota's seven. The Pelicans are eight. The Lakers are nine. The Lakers can't afford to lose a game. They're a half game away from being out of the play out of the play-in tournament. So we kind of talked about this earlier in the year. We knew the Western Conference was going to be really competitive. Did I think necessarily this competitive? Maybe not to this degree, but I'm also not surprised. Like, I'm not surprised these teams are so closely bunched together when it comes to seeding that inevitably we're probably going to get a team that doesn't make the playoffs that we look at and go, they probably should have been in or they they had enough talent to be in. Right now, that would be Dallas. Like, you look at Dallas, who went out and got Kyrie Irving at the deadline, who have really centered their franchise around Luka Doncic. And I feel like if you're Dallas and you miss the playoffs, it is a disappointment. I I, I get bringing Kyrie in midseason is a tough ask to build chemistry up quickly, but nonetheless, it's still inexcusable that if a team that has Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic on it should be, it should be in the playoffs. It should not be missing the playoffs, regardless of the conference. And to your point, like, again, Sacramento is not to be taken lightly. Like the notion I think that has been around Sacramento and you may have touched on this earlier was we always looked at Sacramento and we like, we always said, well, they're like one piece away. Like they're pretty close. They're building. You can sense something's happening. Just not this year. And now this, you know, the not this year has turned into, well, maybe this year and Sacramento being a three seed, having home court advantage, you look at who they're going to get, who they could be matched up with. I don't think it's crazy to think that they would win that first round matchup. Like Joey said, I, I agree. I think they can beat the Warriors. If that's, that's who's currently in the sixth spot, which by the way, if the playoffs started today, that's who the Kings would play would be the Warriors. The Warriors have not been very consistent this year. They've been very hit or miss. And I, I get that it's always tough to knock off a defending champ, but this is not the Warriors that we saw last year by any stretch. This is a very, I, I guess, worse team that we've seen from the Warriors, um, which is crazy to say that this is one of the worst teams we've seen in recent history from the Warriors, and they're still a sixth seed. Right. So I think they can beat Minnesota. Again, Minnesota's just there. I don't worry about them playing maybe the Pelicans or – um, even the Clippers, the Clippers have, again, you want to talk about a team. We talked about Dallas that if they miss the playoffs, it'd be kind of a disappointment. If this Clipper team doesn't get it out, get out of the first round, it's a disappointment because it boils down to the talent on your roster and what they're capable of doing a, t- a roster of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and what many would argue is one of the deeper benches in all of the NBA that should be enough to get you out of the first round. And for one, they're probably not going to have home court advantage unless they really make a really strong surge and pass Phoenix to get to the four spot. 
But as it sits, the Clippers, I would guess, probably aren't going to have home court. There's a good chance they could be playing Sacramento in that opening round. And again, this is going to be one. I think the Clippers could put up a good series. I think it's six or seven games. As a Clipper fan, it wouldn't surprise me if the Clippers lose that first round series. Because I think Sacramento has built that much in the last handful of years. And now we're all seeing it come together. And this is a franchise that we, we kind of talked about tanking at the start of the episode. They've been used to having to be that team that tanks. They've been, you know, typically that team that you get to this time of year and go, oh, well, just try to get the best draft pick we can. And now we're starting to see a lot of those picks come together. And they built a lot of their roster. You look at the, you look at the teams that are around them. Phoenix primarily, you could say, quote, unquote, bought their roster, you know, bringing in Kevin Durant, bringing in Chris Paul. A lot of what Sacramento brought was drafted like they they were it was their own draft picks that they acquired it was younger talent that nobody really gave too much consideration to outside of Sacramento and they're all gelling together they're probably in terms of team chemistry I would bet they have probably the highest team chemistry in the league of anybody maybe mm, if they weren't in a slump right now I would say maybe the Celtics could compare to them but the Celtics are are in a bit of a slump I think it's going to be enough to where Milwaukee's probably getting the one seed in the East. I don't see Boston falling out of the two spot, but again, like I I think anybody that's surprised about Sacramento and surprised about the competitiveness of the Western conference, I don't think you should be because we, I, I, for, I didn't see Sacramento necessarily being this good. I did see the Western conference being this competitive though. And I think it's going to be a fun couple of weeks to watch. Like if you, because we get all the you know people all the time. They always say, "Well, it's hard to watch NBA regular season." I get it. If you're going to pick a time to watch the regular season of the NBA, watch the last two weeks because you're going to see these guys really start to turn it up and play. There's not going to be this mailing it in, you know, uh, load management type of stuff that we've seen traditionally over the last couple of years in the NBA, these guys are going to start playing, like playing for real. And it's going to be fun to watch, I think. And it wouldn't shock me if the NBA champions out of the Western Conference by any means. No. Um, and playing tournament is coming up on April 11th through the 14th. And then I believe the NBA playoffs start the day right after that on April 15th. So we'll see exactly who gets in and we'll see how deep of a run Sacramento can make. Um, but certainly me and Matt think that um, they're not getting the respect they, they deserve. And, you know, we'll see how far De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis takes this team. It'll certainly be entertaining. And even on the Eastern side of things, seeing um, uh, not Boston, but seeing a team like uh, Cleveland uh, get to the fourth seed. This is a Cleveland was a team that could not make the playoffs outside of LeBron James. This is their first time making it on their own without him since 1998 and Cleveland's a team that's going to have home court advantage in the first round and a lot of people probably feel like hey Cleveland's a team I want to face because they don't have a lot of playoff experience disregarding completely disregarding how out of his mind Donovan Mitchell has been playing and how great of a true point guard uh, Darius Garland is you see point guard rankings all the time and Darius Garland is never in that top 10 list even the Knicks Jalen Brunson should these are top 10 point guards uh, not just in the Eastern Conference but in the entire league that 
uh, really don't get their respect. All, all three of those guys, really, De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Brunson, uh, Darius Garland, that's kind of what comes down to uh, those teams being so good is those three guys, and they really, to be honest, don't get a lot of respect, and you'd think Brunson would get it playing with a team like the New York Knicks, but um, you know, I, the Mavericks are probably really shooting themselves in the foot right now or you know, really have a lot of regret um, not giving Jalen Brunson the money because, again, Kyrie Irving is a fantastic player, but you're outside of the playoff picture right now, and Kyrie Irving could very well be on his way out the door this offseason. So you traded all that for Kyrie Irving to miss the playoffs and then for him just to leave. And with Jalen Brunson, you made the Western Conference Finals. You were three wins away from making the NBA Finals. So a um, whole lot to get into. we probably talk for hours about it. But NBA playoffs, playing tournaments starting April 11th. Playoffs start April 15th. So like we always say, we shall see. But as we... One thing, um, one thing is starting to is starting up in the end of April, and I think that's kind of coming to a close now. Is March Madness, um, and we have a Final Four that a lot of people probably did not predict. Only six people have predicted actually, and anyone who saw this coming uh, is full of shit. Uh, we've got Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, Miami, which is the only Power Five school in the final four and UConn. You could probably say you saw UConn being in there, but other than that, I don't think anyone could have seen Miami, San Diego state or, um, Florida, Atlantic. Florida Atlantic. And by the way, the conference USA has something to do has the chance to do something really special. The CBI champions was a team from conference USA. That's the right. NIT championship is two Conference USA schools. It's UAB and um, who are they playing? Uh, is it North Texas? North Texas, yeah. UAB and North Texas in the NIT Championship, which is here in Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena. And you have a Conference USA school in the Final Four in Florida Atlantic. So they could go three for three right here, which would be huge for them. Um, which the Conference USA, I would argue, probably has the player of the year in the entire country, hands down. Like, yeah. In Jelly Walker, the, the guy's a stud. Yeah. I mean, just sheer bucket getter. If you have time, like, go look up highlights of Jelly Walker this year. It is insane what this guy does. And speaking of forgiven accolades here, we definitely have the coach of the year here in the Final Four being, I think, Brian Dutcher. Yeah. And San Diego State is very, very, very lucky they made it this far because the longer – I feel like the longer you go in the tournament, as crazy as it sounds – is the more likely that coach returns because vacancies start to fill up. You're seeing Penn State fill up. You're seeing Cal's jobs getting filled up, VCU's jobs getting filled up. Um, you know, teams aren't going to sit around and wait. You know, they they the athletic. There's a lot of pressure on these athletic directors if they sit around and wait and they don't get Brian Dutcher, then you know, all that's left over is Kevin Kruger's. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's 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 a very risky game to play some ad's will play that game but most of them don't um but i i would assume he's going to return because all these vacancies have pretty much filled up um but yeah i mean this is this is huge for conferences like conference usa the mountain west and um the big east as well um in terms of who's going to win this thing i mean a lot of people are like this this is a this is kind of a toss-up here I don't think it's a toss-up. I think UConn is going to fucking run away with it. I think UConn is going to not have a problem with Miami, and they're not going to have a problem with, I think they'll be playing San Diego State. It's a great defensive matchup. Both it is a great defensive matchup, but I think UConn 
UConn will get San Diego State. I'm rooting for SDSU. I think SDSU is going to deal with Florida. SDSU is a fantastic team. Um, but UConn may have been underseeded. Big time. They're they're not playing like a four seed. They're playing like a they're playing like a one or two seed. You saw what they did at Gonzaga. Yep. Um, and we give Gonzaga a lot of crap on the show, but I mean, eight, no, I, I don't. They're not bad enough to lose eighty four to fifty two in the Elite Eight. Um, so it makes you really think what they would have done to UCLA. But UConn is just running through the tournament right now. They're not really having problems with anybody. Um, and I don't think Miami's going to give them problems. They honestly should have been facing Texas, and I could see Texas giving them a run for their money. Um, that's a team that matches up with them well, but I don't think Miami will give them any issues. And I think SDSU will keep it interesting. If they get if they draw FAU, if FAU, FAU pulls off the S- upset against SDSU, that may be the worst national championship game ever. I mean, great for FAU. You got that far. Yeah, great for them. But, but it's going to end. Yeah, that might, that might be the worst national championship game ever televised. Uh, so I'm, I'm pulling for a San Diego State-UConn, and I'm pulling SDSU pulls up pulls off the upset. There's a lot of petty-ass UNLV fans that are not rooting for San Diego. If you are a fan of any Mountain West school, you should absolutely be rooting for San Diego State right now. It's more money for your conference. Exactly. If UNR was in the final, I would be rooting for UNR. I don't care. Let go of your 1990 championship, Wyoming. Let go of your 1942 champion. No one gives a shit. You're not. You're not getting back to that time anytime soon for both schools. Let's be honest. Um, root for the school that you know has put uh, capable people in the position to get back to that spot. Um, but yeah, if 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 you're yeah, you should absolutely be rooting for single state. Most Mountain West schools are. I feel like the school. Funny enough that the fan base of. Um, the school, funny enough, that's not rooting for them is actually UNLV. There's a lot of UNLV fans out there that are not rooting for San Diego State. I'm like, you're fuck. You're, When's you're, UNLV playing? Yeah, <laughs> you're. Come on, let's let's stop being petty here. You know, um, San Diego State has already brought the schools that have made the tournament have already brought 16 million dollars to the Mount West. So imagine if SDSU pulls this off. So we should all absolutely be rooting for them. Um, but my pick is UConn. But my second pick would be San Diego State. San Diego State is capable of winning that game, but I think UConn. UConn gets them by like nine points, I think, in the national championship. So, again, would be a great defensive matchup. Two great coaches and and um, uh, Hurley and, and Dutcher. So, um, looking forward to it. And this is great news if you're a San Diego State fan because, like I said, vacancies are filling up. And I think Brian Dutcher, who should be the coach of the year right up with uh, Rodney Terry, um, will likely return to your school next year. And that's just – that's bad news for the Mount West. I mean, it's good news because they're going to make a run in the tournament, but it's bad news because SDSU is just going to run the conference tournament again like they do every year. I was going to say, is anybody surprised yeah. in the Mountain West at this point that San Diego State does this? Um, maybe a little surprised that San Diego State's in the Final Four because, I mean, if you look at the Mountain West's track record in the NCAA tourney over the past couple of years, I mean, SDSU, I think, ended a 11-game losing streak for the Mountain West in the in the NCAA tourney. Like, before SDSU's first-round win, Mountain West was 0-11 over their last, you know, 11 NCAA tournament games. So, good for SDSU to kind of get, get the Mountain West back in the, you know, nation's eye, if you will, and maybe get some a little bit more respect going into next year. And... Joey's right. Like for, for UNLV fans that are genuinely hating on SDSU and hoping that they lose, like for one, financially, that doesn't make any sense because the better SDSU does, the more money they bring in for the Mountain West, which ultimately means more money for UNLV. So if you want to root for it in a sense of that way, that makes the most sense. 
And quite frankly, like at the end of the day, what again, it's not like UNLV was in the sweet 16 and they're like, Oh, well, you know, kind of a bitter end to our year. UNLV hasn't seen the NCAA tournament in about 10 years. And I don't think that's much of an exaggeration. So again, you're in the same spot you are every single year watching this NCAA tournament on your couch if you are a UNLV fan. How can you sit there and tell me that, oh, well, we're going to hope that a team in our conference doesn't do as well? Like, for what? What does that honestly accomplish other than, I mean, again, they still went further than you. They still won the conference. They were still the class of the field. They still kicked your ass both times they played you. Again, like, at some point, you have to acknowledge that there are teams that are better than you. And UNLV, particularly UNLV fans, have had a difficult time with this over the past, I don't even know how many years, probably 10 that I can remember, where they just believe they're the class of the field and it's still the 1990s and nobody in the conference is going to get close to them. Those days are long gone. Those days have really been gone since, I would say, Long Kruger. Because at least in the Long Kruger days, UNLV may not have always been the best in the conference, but they were a solid top three at worst. Like they were somewhere in the top three. Well, they were. They wanted to move the Mountain West tournament because UNLV would constantly win the Mountain West. Was winning the Mountain West tournament under Kevin Kruger. So fan, and, and people were Long showing Kruger. up to under Long Kruger. I was gonna say Kevin hasn't won one. Yeah, yet. and people and people were people were showing up to the Thomas and Mac to support UNLV. So there was a point that they wanted to. Fans in the, the conference were petitioning to move it out of Thomas and Mac because they thought it was unfair. And now it's like we can't even get to the semifinals, so it's like let's let's keep it here. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're the, not they're not they're not gonna you know. And the game that you and the games that UNLV plays in the conference tournament, it's like a neutral site. Like there's I not. Even, I won't even say that. It's it, mi- it might even be more of a road game, honestly. Yeah. Like there's not much UNLV support on that side, which again, another reason. Like if you're not going to come out and support the conference, doesn't leave you much room to hate on the conference and. I do think SDSU is going to get past uh, Florida Atlantic. I think SDSU is frustrating as hell to go against defensively because that that is their name of the game where they're going to take you away defensively. I said it to people before they played Creighton. There's one way to beat Creighton, and that is take away their shooting. If, if Creighton has to grind for every point they have to get, SDSU is going to win that game. And there were still people at the end of the Creighton game, mainly Creighton fans, that... We're bitter. Oh, the, the officiating sucked. You know, how do you make that type of call? SDSU was a better team. Like, I don't care if that game goes to overtime. SDSU is going to win. How does the ref do his job? I mean, the that guy was a got, foul. It was a foul. The guy got pushed. He was pulling him down. Yeah. Holding, yeah that By was the letter of law, that's a foul. I don't care what time it was. Like, that's the other thing that always drives me crazy just in basketball in general. Why do we have this notion that, like, oh, there's X amount of time left. Let's not call fouls now. That's not going to be a foul. It was a foul earlier in the game, but let's not call it now. Like, if it's a foul and it happens at some point in the game, it's a foul. Like, that. that's what it is. I mean, it sucks, but play better defense next time. Like, I don't know what you want. Oh, not to foul. Yeah, like, again, like, it was a foul. It wasn't close. The guy, yeah, it was, by letter of the law, everything, it was a foul. Good call. Um, and even still, SDSU was the better team. And like we said, UConn, I mean, holy crap, UConn rolled through Gonzaga like it was nothing. Like, I, I felt like for a while, it may be a traditional Gonzaga game where they fall behind early, but then they make a second half charge. It's what they did in their elite um, in the UCLA game. Yeah, UCLA game in the Sweet 16. 
they were behind by, you know, 12, 13 points. And then here, here came Gonzaga making their charge, taking a double, almost a double digit lead late into the second half, almost gave that game away. But, uh, you know, you got the big uh, game winning shot from, you know, Las Vegas' own Julian Strother. So um, it was cool to see that moment. And then I think seeing that moment and seeing Gonzaga pull through gave me some hope that we were going to get a better UConn-Gonzaga Elite Eight game. And once UConn got the lead up to about 17 in the second half, you could sense the game was over. Like, you kind of knew what was going to happen next. And UConn is just a more physical team. They're really strong defensively. They're very smart. Like, if you look at UConn, they're very well coached. They don't really make that many mistakes. And the mistakes they do make aren't all that costly. And... They just play a really sound game, both ends of the floor. I think they're going to get past Miami, and we're going to have a UConn-SDSU final. I mean, my goodness. First to 50 wins, maybe? Like, that is going to, it's going to be a knockdown, drag-out, defensive battle the entire way through, um, which I'm okay with, because it means the game should be competitive, and... I could see, for the sake of the Mountain West, I'm going to hope that SDSU wins. I think it's going to really come down to the physicality. Both teams play really physical on defense. So, I mean, if, if I will say, I'll say this. If the officiating doesn't call all these ticky-tack stuff, because I'm okay with them letting the ticky-tack fouls go, if they, for the most part, let the game play out, I think it can be a four-point game either way. I feel it's going to be a very highly competitive game. And definitely to your point, if FAU makes this championship game and they're playing UConn, I mean, I don't know what would have been worse. Like the college football national championship game this past year with Georgia and TCU or this game. Like both are going to be pretty bad. Yeah, so final four, we got FAU, San Diego State, UConn, and Miami. Miami. So that's where I think we're both rolling with the SDSU UConn championship game, which will probably probably be the most entertaining one. Maybe maybe SDSU in Miami is a pretty fun one as well. I feel like that's probably more equal or like more, yeah. more balanced national championship game. Um, but final four this weekend, we'll see. I'm pulling for the Aztecs. I hope they pull it off for the Mount West. Um, that'd be really cool to see them uh, win a national championship. And that obviously kind of just solidify their their inevitable exit to the conference as well which is kind of sad um yeah you know going to the pac-12 and hey when, when real quick when when sdsu and boise do leave the mount west i think UNLV should really look at conference usa jokes aside because let's be real you're not going to a power five conference anytime soon it sounds like um and the mount west is gonna be pretty much in shambles when those two schools leave i would take a look at conference usa let's let's you know have a reality check um, let's look at the options and that's where I would go. Honestly, anyway, Matt, before we wrap up here, it's a little segment for map opening day is tomorrow for or baseball. Yeah. For baseball. By the time this comes out, it'll be opening day for the MLB. Matt, who, who's, who's going to win it this year? Who's going to win it all? Oh uh, man. Please don't say the Dodgers. No, nope, I wasn't going to okay. say the Dodgers. Um, before I get to who wins it all, I'm going to go with some teams that I think are going to make some decent improvement. Um, there's teams like the 
for for the Chicago Cubs. Like I think the Cubs made some decent improvement in their lineup. They added a lot of offense, which they really needed. I don't know if it's going to be enough for them to beat either the Cardinals or the Brewers in the division, but maybe a wild card spot, which, hey, for the Cubs, I mean, since the 2016 World Series, there hasn't been much to cheer about. So um, making baby steps forward, it feels like every year I want to say the Angels are going to be better, but they're still the Angels. Like, they're never going to be all that great. Like, it, and, it, and it's it sucks because I really like Trout as a player. I really like Shohei Otani as a player. It feels like both of them are kind of just stuck. And I, I, I on paper, I'm going to say the Angels should be better. Are they going to be actually better? To be determined. Like, that's typically where the Angels are. I, I think a lot of these front runners are still going to be front runners. I think the Astros are still going to be the Astros. The Dodgers are still going to be the Dodgers. Like, I don't see much fall off from there, primarily because of how baseball is. Like, baseball is just a – it's a league that doesn't have a salary cap. So if you can spend as much money as you want, you're probably going to have continued success if you build your team correctly for many years. And Dom may actually like this pick, but I think the Padres are going to win the whole thing. I think Dom, Dom's foaming at the mouth right now. Oh my goodness! You know he's. I probably just earned like ten brownie points alone just for that pick <laughs> with with Dom. But all jokes aside, I do think you watched how the Padres progressed last year, and they made a pretty big leap forward. Like they got, I believe, to the um, NLCS, so one series away from the World Series. I think they can get over that hump. They retain a lot of their roster from last year they've even added some decent pieces um throughout the, the later portions of last year and through the offseason I, I i think the days of the dodgers running away with the nl west division are gone i think while the dodgers still are going to have a good chance to win that division i think the padres are going to give them a really good run for who wins the nl west i i, I think it's probably decided by a game or two at most. Like it is going to be one of those that you, it's going to be fun to watch all year. I think the Padres can be a team to that. Maybe a lot of team people aren't going to be talking about because they're in a division with the Dodgers and you still have the teams like, you know, the bigger teams, the, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Astros of the world that people always talk about. The Padres are kind of one of those teams that they're they're built really well. They have good pieces, just nobody really talks about them because they're in San Diego and they're not in a massive market. So, unbiased opinion, I will go with the Padres to win the whole thing. There it is, Matt rolling with the San Diego Padres. I think just so we can get some love from Dom, that's the real reason. But it's been a little cranky lately, you know. <laughs> so that wraps it up. I'll let Matt do his closeout because Matt Matt's Matt's our opening and closeout guy, but we're rolling. Matt's rolling with the Padres. We're rolling with, we're both rolling with UConn in the national championship. And we're both giving our respect to the Sacramento Kings and even teams like Cleveland and, and New York in the NBA finals. So we're a lot of love for smaller market and smaller schools today, which that's smaller market for the Knicks. Cause they're not a small market, but they're not, they're not, they're still not getting the respect they deserve, which ironically enough, if the playoffs did start today, the Knicks and the Cavs would play each other in the first round. Oh, so that's a seven game series, I think, honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it is. Honestly, that, it, it that, is. That's that's a, that's a great first round matchup. Uh, you mentioned two of those three uh, or the three point guards that you feel are underrated. Two of them would be playing each other in the first round with uh, Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson. So good matchup. Young matchup. 
Um, I'd watch for sure. Um, again, you get these bigger market people and probably Adam Silver that would hate this matchup, but mm, whatever. Right. Um, that'll do it for us though on a back and forth episode for this week. We are back next week, obviously with more to break down. We'll have our national champion in college basketball crowned by the time the next episode hits. So enjoy the final four this weekend and we shall see you guys talk to you guys, however you want to phrase it next week on back and forth with plenty more to get to probably some more hoops and who knows? I mean, we might throw in some other topics. We might have, you know, no joint knowing Joey and I, we might throw in hockey golf. Like it's one of those, you just got to tune in to see what we come up, come up with for each episode. That being said, enjoy your weekend and we will talk to you guys next week.